The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Good evening. Welcome. Glad you're with us. It is WTMJ Nights. Big show planned. Want you to get involved. It's always more fun that way, isn't it? 855-616-1620. That is the old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. If you call in, you'll be talking to Justin. He's the executive producer of the big broadcast. Be nice to him. You'll get to me. And if you want to text, go ahead. But why not start with an answer to our text question of the night? Text question of the night, it is officially the first day of summer. Officially? No, it's officially the first day of summer, or just officially the first day of summer. What's the one thing that you plan on doing and enjoying this summer? What's the one thing that you plan on doing this summer on the first day? Today is the summer solstice, the longest day of the year. You know that. Uh, Justin is having a rough night, a rough day. It seems like the longest day for him, so be nice when you call in. He's about, he's all frazzled. Are you going to be all right, Justin? We uh, we only have a short program tonight. You oh, gonna make I'm, I'm going to be great. I'm going to make it. All right, you're going to make it. That's what I. <laughs> that's what I like to hear. Good. Even though the, even though uh, you know, we've got uh, we got a lot going on. I just want to make sure you're okay. Have you been following this story about the submarine? I have. Scary. It is terrifying, first of all. Yeah, you're right. It's First, okay, there's a lot of things about this story. Um, I just saw just saw an update. I heard Mike give an update during the news as well. we got about a little under 14 hours left of oxygen. Uh, a French ship is supposed to arrive sometime tonight that has a robot that can reach it if it's... One of the theories is that it's stuck in the wreckage, that it lost power, lost communications, floated down, somehow is lodged in the wreckage. Well, if that's the case, this robot can reach it and hopefully dislodge it from the wreckage, but can't bring it up. Isn't It's not powerful enough to bring this um, submersible up. So that's, you know, no good. They've been hearing all these pings all day. But nobody, nobody has seen anything, and they're not. The Coast Guard is not exactly sure what those pings are. The, you know, Coast Guard officials today were saying we have to keep up hope, but we have no idea what it is. Once they get, if if they were to get that submersible to the surface, they still have to. They are secured in with seventeen bolts, so there's no hatch or anything. It. it it doesn't seem it doesn't sound good and it's you know it's horrible i don't care i don't care who's down there it just it, that's got to be an awful way to go because you're i didn't you know we all saw the pictures we know how small this thing is right but these people have to sit there on the floor of this thing indian style cross-legged and that's how, that's that's their situation for all this time now there is a toilet on there but still it's oh i don't know i don't understand the allure of this kind of adventuring where you know there's a really good chance that you know there's no margin for error let's just say you know on this thing there's no margin for error we've heard people uh, you know former employees former engineers say that they didn't 
it wasn't good. Now, it has made trips down there before. This isn't the time to blame. As Mike said in the news, there is there will be huge investigations once this episode is over. But I'm wondering, are you following this story and why? Because I found a very interesting piece today that I'm going to share, kind of telling us why we're why we're all so invested in this. This is this reminds me of when the South American miners were trapped. Do you remember that? They ended up making a movie about it. Or anytime some somebody is in a situation that, you know, we could all be in similar situations. Nothing like that. None, none of us are going down to try to find the Titanic. You know, I doubt we have the 250 grand laying around to just do this. But there's, you could be trapped somewhere else. Um, a lot of, a lot of people, myself included, claustrophobic. So the thought of being in that little tube anyway is terrifying. A lot of people are afraid of the water. That's terrifying. So we'll talk about that and we'll get into this why we are so invested in this story and why we are watching and uh, I want to get your thoughts on it is it something when you when you hear this and you're following this story are you assessing blame already are you having the well they should have known better mentality or are you really caught up in this and sympathetic because you know something like that could happen to us 8556161620 that's the old national bank talk and text line We'll talk to you and more after this WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. We're talking about the Titan, the submersible that is still missing. Uh, despite all the the various reports, all the pings that were heard today, they can't figure out what those are, where they are. Trying the The latest report that I heard right before the show started was the best chance for the five people on board to have survived this is if they're floating on the surface somewhere, nobody's found them yet, and they can find them before tomorrow morning because then it would take it's going to take a lot of time to get that thing open and get them out. But we will see. I don't, uh, I don't know. I can't, I can't imagine being down there, and that's what plays into most of us not being able to turn away from this story because normally you know uh, you know a seafaring vessel somewhere off nova scotia we're not going to pay too much attention to it here but these five people trapped in this basically big garbage can that's two and a half miles under the surface of the ocean is holding our attention for a lot of different a lot of different things but according to psychologists we are watching this because it contains all the essential elements of an addictive and alluring media spectacle and it also plays into our biggest fears so as we sit watching this or listening to reports on this we're terrified because we can imagine ourselves being closed in somewhere or the fact that time is running out that that they say is the biggest problem or biggest biggest thing that's keeping us in we can all imagine time running out 
and how terrifying that would be to be in a situation where it's not just dangerous, but you know things are limited. Um, According to one psychotherapist, the idea of time is running out is most people's biggest fear. A lot of people are envisioning what it would be like to be on the sub knowing that you have less than 24 hours of oxygen if you aren't rescued. We're also intrigued by adventurers and what risks they'll take in life. Uh, I That part I, I doesn't intrigue me at all. Sometimes I just shake my head and, and think that this is not placing blame. This is just my opinion. Sometimes people have more money than sense. And you want to get in something that's not licensed and hasn't really been checked out, even though the company says it has. Uh, NASA and other people are like, well, you know, they asked us some questions, but we were not involved in any testing or anything. So, yeah, the 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 thought that you're in somewhere and the clock is ticking. We've seen it in a million movies. That's what makes a good movie, a good suspense movie go. That, you know, you've got to... You've got to get somebody out in time, and this is just not it. I, oh, man, that's got to be one of the worst ways to go, to just be sitting there. Hopefully, hopefully, if they don't make it, they just, it just went. Either there was a, uh, something happened to the hull, and the pressure just, they went quick. Um, because I can't imagine sitting in that thing, probably in the dark, wedged up against four other people, sitting cross-legged on the floor and knowing that nobody can get to us. You know, this is the, this is the one thing that can get down here. And now they, I saw an interview with a guy who was on there, I don't know, it was last year. He, t- he did one of these and he was like, yeah, it's, you know always in the back of your mind that one one little thing you can that's it and i saw on instagram a video of one of the passengers signing the waiver and reading it you know saying it's if this is if this is it you know you you know you could die you could do this and this and he he signed it happily i guess you never really think when you're signing those waivers that you know, well, it's been. You never think it's going to happen to you. Well, it's been down there before. We've all signed waivers. If you've ever gone zip lining or anything like that, you're signing the waivers, saying, "Yeah, you know, you could, you know, you could theoretically be killed." Who of us thinks that you're going to get killed? Uh, from the two six two, I'm sympathetic. However, I'm sure they had a, had to sign a lot of legal paperwork before they went into the uh, submarine. Yes, they did. They had to sign a lot of waivers. But like I said, the waiver. The waiver doesn't make you think that uh, this is it. Because most people go, well, they're just making me sign that for legal reasons. Do you like confined spaces, Justin? This would definitely be a little different. I mean, like, I don't know. I was listening to the Chicago station this morning, and they basically just, like, were all in agreement that it would be such a tough situation to do. Like, just in general, like... Going down there, like thousands of feet underwater, and it, it is pitch black for them because there's no electricity too. Like I, I don't think I could ever just go down in a submarine just alone. Like I, I don't think I could do that. No, it's too it's too small. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm six five and uh, you know, two fifty. I can't just the thought of being in a tiny tube like that makes me crazy. Um, 
I don't like I don't like to do any of that kind of stuff. So this no, is yeah, me neither. This is my like first of all the ultimate the ultimate discomfort would be just in that tube. Even if it was just hey come sit in the tube up on the boat to see what it's like, I'd go nah. I don't know. That's okay. I don't mind being in the ocean, but you know, I've never been. I've I've snorkeled and stuff, but I haven't even scuba. I haven't gone that deep. Nobody goes. There's more people have been in space. They said than yeah, have been I down here, down here for this uh, Titanic so thing. Scary. And all then you get you're down there and. The only person who has a window is the person who's piloting this thing with the game controller. Everybody else is just watching on a monitor. And I'm like, oh, see, it it holds no allure for me. And I'm not saying that just because I know I could never afford it. Even if I had that kind of money, it holds no allure. And I feel, I feel awful for these five people because they all went in thinking they were going to be, you know, big-time adventurers, and now... The irony is they may end up the same fate as the people who were on the uh, the boat they went down to see. It just uh, just awful. The only guy who's having a good time, it seems like, is the stepson of one of the passengers. I don't know if you saw this, Justin. He went to see Blink-182 yesterday. He was very, very excited. I did not see that now. <laughs> yes, he's a he's the stepson of Hamish Harding, who's a British billionaire. He's one of the people on the on the submersible. So his son, his stepson rather, is a thirty seven year old audio engineer, and he uh he posted a few social media posts last night about being at Blink one eighty two. And he, he was like, Yeah, um, uh, my stepdad is on a, on this submarine lost at sea, he tweeted. I'm devastated, but coming to the San Diego show tonight so you guys can give me hope and cheer me up. He tweeted that right at uh, the members of Blink-182. Then he posted some other things, and finally his mom uh, asked him to take all the, all the social media posts down. Because he, you know, the first tweet when he was when he tweeted that his dad was in this sub, but he was, you know, he was going to the concert because music helps him. He said, yes. I went to Blink-182 last night. Um, what am I supposed to do, sit at home and watch the news? <laughs> Not sorry, this band has helped me through hard times since 1998. Uh, yeah, you probably should sit at home and watch the news. Or how about this, just keep your stuff off of social media. Now, who knows, it's his stepdad, maybe they don't have a relationship, maybe they don't get along, maybe he's, uh, you know, counting money in his head, who knows. But it just seems in really bad taste to say, oh, yeah, my dad's down there. Um, you know, we can't really get to him. So I'm going to go rock out to Blink-182. I don't think there's a... No, even if I had tickets, I'm trying to think if there's anybody that if I had tickets to and one of my parents was two miles under the surface of the ocean and probably not going to come back if I would still go to the show. I think even if the Beatles got back together, I would have to I would have to pass and say, you know what? Uh tonight's probably not the night. You know, maybe I'll just support my mom, you know, while her husband is, you know, stuck in a tube at the bottom of the ocean. But nah, not this guy. So that's classy. Classy. I don't even I his his 
first name is Brian. I don't know what I can't pronounce his last name. It's his as or something. But he's uh, you know. And then supposedly he was uh, right after those tweets, he was tweeting at some OnlyFans girls. So this guy is uh, this guy's classy, classy. All right. On the other side of the news. We've got uh, something a little closer to home to talk about. We've got a lot of things to get to. And the text question of the night is out there. It is officially summer. What is the one thing that you're planning to do to help you enjoy this summer? We'll get to all of that and so much more. But first, got to do this on WTMJ. Welcome back. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights, our text question of the night. It is the first day of summer. What is the one thing you're planning on doing this summer to enhance your enjoyment? 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. If you set up a safe space, quote-unquote, what we call a safe space, for some people, does that automatically mean that you're excluding other people? I would say absolutely not. I think some groups who have historically felt uncomfortable need to know that there are people who support them. Uh, I don't think that negates everybody else feeling safe, or it shouldn't anyway. Uh, this is not, there's not a limited, finite amount of caring and protection that we can do. Everybody should feel safe. And I'm bringing this up because. It's on the agenda, basically, at the uh, Applehead School District, Arrowhead School District, sorry, the Arrowhead School uh, District, because their school board is considering a ban on safe space signs, um, Black Lives Matter signs, things like that, because they're saying that it's, uh, it, it, there's no place for that. It makes other students feel unsafe and unwelcome. Now, they've... This all, this all came up the other night. They had a school board meeting, and uh, they had to. They talked about it in closed session, and they met. They've been meeting with the district's lawyers to try to get this um, this all taken care of. So they originally considered a policy that would have explicitly also banned Black Lives Matter signs, anti-racist signage, rainbows. All flags other than the state and national flag or flags of a specific foreign language being taught. So you could have a uh, Mexican flag or a French flag or, you know, whatever other language. If, if you're a teacher of that language, you could have it. Now, I'm looking at all these things and I'm thinking, why is that a problem to have those in a school? And I don't think there is. I think any of those things are appropriate. They're good lessons. I don't see an issue. Well, some of the, the school board and obviously some people in the community did. So there was a meeting. That first draft was discussed. Board members said, hey, let's, uh, let's slow our roll a little bit and let's talk to our attorneys. That's because... Boy, this is rife for litigation. So they met in closed session with the uh, district's legal counsel uh, the other morning, Tuesday morning. Then they had an open session. They discussed the topic for almost an hour, like 40, 49 minutes, according to this report. They don't have uh, Arrowhead School board meetings, don't have 
time for public comment, so that's fine. They didn't take a formal vote. They're going to do that on July 12th. So, according to the reports, this new draft, after meeting with their, their lawyers, they tossed out most of the language naming specific signs. You know, so then they're protecting themselves from one group or another, saying that they were being discriminated against. And uh, this is what they've, they keep the ban on safe space signs. Then the, the district can police the other signs. So there's an organization called G-Safe that provides training for Wisconsin educators to support LGBTQ plus students. Uh, and when you go through these programs, they say you should keep a little safe space sign either on your door or near your desk so that kids are kids who are in that position and maybe feel uncomfortable or like there's nobody at school they can talk to they know okay this teacher is here for me and the sign shows quote readiness and commitment to address harassment as well as support and protect LGBTQ plus students end quote I don't see any problem with that if you're if you're a student in that community not the arrowhead school district the lgbtq plus community and you know okay maybe i don't need to go and talk to you know my science teacher or my english teacher or whatever but i know because i saw this little sign there i know i could I know there's somebody in this building who would advocate for me if there was trouble. I know somebody's got my back. How is that a bad thing at school? Well, according to some people, and the the policy, the draft of this policy says, quote, specifying certain areas as safe zones for some, as well as signage displays and posting that promotes one group over another, can create a feeling of isolation, division, and estrangement. This can also create the sense that all areas of our school are not equal, with some areas being safer or more tolerant than others. Uh, yeah, what's the matter with tolerance? This is the, the argument here doesn't hold water. It's like if we tell these students that they are protected, well, then somebody else isn't going to feel protected. No, that's not how it works. Because, first of all, high school sucks for pretty much everybody, let's be honest. You know, a lot of people hated high school. I'll raise my hand. I was one of them. Some people have a great time in high school. You know what? They don't need to know that a teacher will talk to them because they're... They're going along. Everything's great. They probably have teachers that they talk to. They... When you say feeling of isolation, division, and estrangement, if you're a, a teenager who is struggling to let other people know your their true selves, you feel isolated, divided, and estranged. Those are the people, those are the students that need help. And here's another thing. If you're, maybe you're a student of color, and you're having a hard time, and you see this teacher is, says safe space, well, there's a pretty good chance that that teacher is going to have your back too. So I think the only people having trouble with this 
are some less than tolerant people on the faculty and perhaps some less than tolerant parents. What do you think of this? 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. Does this sound like a reasonable argument to you to say we can't we can't have any of this stuff up? Now we you know, the argument about the rainbows have come out that that started a while ago. Uh now, you know, everybody thinks, oh, if a kid sees a rainbow, all of a sudden they're gonna, you know, seeing a rainbow or a rainbow flag is going to make a person gay. Um, not really how it works. So, you know, but okay, we still do that. Um, the Black Lives Matter thing, I think is an important message. Some people say, well, you can't, you know, if you just put up a sign and don't talk about it, that's not really educating people. True. I'll agree with you on that. So if you're going to have signage up in your room, if you're a social studies teacher in high school, and you have a Black Lives Matter sign up in your room, well, then I think it's incumbent upon you at some point, if you're teaching the civil rights movement, to bring up why this is important and how this movement started and all of that. I'm not sure what people are afraid of, but it's a lot of it is irrational. And I think if we talk to students, they probably think a little different. Because I don't know if you have high school kids at home and teenagers. They're very self-centered and very focused on themselves. And that's we all were. That's just part of being a teenager. So they're not really paying attention. A lot of teenagers feel isolated and disconnected. And if they know that there's a harbor, a safe harbor in school where they could talk to somebody if they need it, that's not pushing an agenda, putting up a little sign. What it is is showing people that you care. I'll get into what some of the uh, what some of the parents think of the policy, but I want to know what you think of this policy. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. It's not just uh, it's not just Arrowhead. It's been going on to some degree in Oak Creek and other districts around um, the area. It just seems like we're putting a lot of effort and a lot of worry into things that really should just be second nature. We'll talk about it with you on WTMJ. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. We're talking about this drafted policy that the Arrowhead School Board District is looking at they're going to vote on it at a um, full board meeting on July 12th where it's basically saying that they're they're not going to allow teachers to have safe space signs in their room they're also going to uh, really police what is hung up in the classrooms of their schools whether it's black lives matter whether it's a rainbow whether it's a different kind of flag um to me, this is all much ado about nothing. Uh, if you're if you're in education, you know that you're you get training and uh, on how to deal with a lot of different students, and students can sense teachers who 
care about them because if you don't connect to the students, you're never going to really be able to educate them. So students know who they can talk to, but they want it. They there needs to be, I think, some visual representations in the classrooms. Not overpowering, not a whole classroom, but if you've walked into any classroom worth its salt, there's stuff hung all over these rooms. There's anchor charts with different rules for multiplication or language or whatever. There's things on bulletin boards. There's So having a little sign next to your desk that says safe space, so if there's an LGBTQ student who's struggling, they know they can come and talk to you. Or if you have a, a Black Lives Matter placard hanging somewhere in your room amongst all the other stuff, your students of color will know that they're supported in there. And it also sends a message to the other students that, hey, you know, these things are important. Caring about people and treating other people with respect is important. And, you know, I mean, I taught first grade. We had some bulletin boards that the borders had clouds and rainbows and stuff. Um it was because it was a rainbow, and little kids like unicorns and rainbows and that kind of stuff. There was no, no agenda. It was just like, oh, that looks cute. Let's put that up, and then we'll, you know, then we'll put number corner in there. We'll put, you know, math problems under there. But the border, the border looks fun and cute. And there's, oh, look, there's sunshine and there's a rain cloud and there's clouds with the rainbows. You put you put things around the room to make it not only conducive to learning, but to make it conducive to people feeling comfortable in there, to your students feeling comfortable in there. And this smacks of intolerance, this whole this whole thing where we're going to we're we're going to say that if we put those signs up that other kids will feel left out. Um one parent was quoted after the meeting as saying, if we're going to have safe spaces for specific groups, then let's have specific spaces for all groups. That's not the point. And the vast majority of students don't need that. This is for groups that have been marginalized. It's the stupid argument of, don't all lives matter? Yes, of course, all lives matter. We know that. But there was a reason the Black Lives Matter movement was started. Um, another man said uh, there should be a small sect of the, there shouldn't be, rather, a small sect of the population targeted for improvement. It should be the whole population. And what can we do systematically to resolve that rather than just taking this little sliver of the population and target them? How do we fix their lives? Why don't we fix the lives of everybody in the student population? Yes, guess what? That's what they're doing. But if you have a student who is not part of the LGBTQ community, maybe at some schools not a, a student of color, they're, they know they have a place there. They're not, you know, every school has anti-bullying. That's for the entire student population. So we got to start looking at Stop looking at things like there's only so much to go around. And, well, what about everybody else? Yeah, we're, we're worried about everybody else. The problem is there's some people who've been pushed aside, and we got to make sure that they know they're not going to get pushed aside anymore.
All right, let's do this. Then we'll come back, start uh, heading toward the top of the hour news. A lot to get to on WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. On the other side of the news, young people are having trouble with certain things that uh, you and I may have absolutely no trouble with, and it could be affecting them long term. Ooh, how's that for a tease, Justin? Pretty good. Uh, Justin, are you? Uh, do you have any big plans for the summer? Something, one thing that you're going to enjoy now that summer is officially here? Ooh, I do. I do. I can think of a couple. Well, give me one. Give me give me the big thing. Yeah, so I just joined the men's basketball league that starts in July. So Very nice. Excited for that. Going to get back on the court, get my body moving. So I'm excited for that. Um, Young men or old men or all sorts of men? Uh, I would I would guess probably the range from like 23, which is my age, to like 40s. Okay, that's boy, that's a big difference. Yeah, it's if it's, you're 43 or 44, you're playing against 22 and 23 year olds. That would be yeah, that might be rough. No, it definitely it definitely ranges. So we'll see. I, I would say the average is probably late 20s. All right, that's yeah. that's better. Yeah, yeah you, at some point you got to go into the senior league. Not you. But <laughs> exactly. I'm saying if, if you're over 40, there's leagues for people over 40 for a reason. <laughs> it's like, because you don't want to try. You know, you have some 22 year old dunking on you. Forget about it. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Well, that sounds fun. And you're still looking for your apartment? Uh, yes, yes. We are on the hunt. Hopefully we can close that in uh, hopefully next week. But we'll see. Fingers crossed. Very good. Fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah, it's always tough. Finding It's uh, been real tough. Really a big Finding a place headache. to live. Uh, I went through. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that more and so much. Yeah. A lot in the second hour. So we got to get to it now. News next on WTMJ. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome to Hour 2 of the big program. Glad you're here. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talking, or the old National Bank. What? what wow, I'm... I had a weird flashback. It's the old National Bank talking text line. You know that, don't you, Justin? Jump in. Tell me I'm nuts. It's the old <laughs> National Bank talking text line. Uh, if you want to jump in and answer our text question of the night, it is today's the first day of summer. What's your big plan to enjoy the summer? Your one thing that you are going to do to make sure that your summer is fantastic. Maybe, uh, maybe for some of you, it's going to the big gig which starts tomorrow. We will talk about that a little bit uh, in a little bit and um, get your get your thoughts on that. A lot of people have been working remotely. It all started in the pandemic. Some people are still working remotely. Uh, for people who've been in the workforce for a long time, they're pretty happy about it. They, they love it. You know, my wife is now back to hybrid. She goes into the office three days a week. She works from home the other two, and she... She couldn't be happier. She thinks it's the greatest thing. Now, my daughter, who's only a couple years older than you, Justin, she also works remotely. And you would think that being in your mid-20s, um, you'd want to be around other people. You'd want to be in the office. Because, you know, 
think about back when you were starting off in your career. And I remember when I was uh, first starting out. You want to be around other people. You want to uh, you want to get to know them. You want to meet them. It's a great place to network. Uh, for business, it's also a great place to socialize. I remember friends of mine who worked for ad agencies or bank, whatever, wherever they worked, they were in offices. So they were on, they had office softball teams and there would be office get togethers and little happy hours and stuff. And people, people love that because it was a way to meet other people. Maybe it was a way to meet somebody to date. Maybe it was just a way to get your face in front of the boss so that you could get moved up the corporate ladder. Well, that's not happening anymore for people who are working remotely. And it is having an effect on young workers more than older workers. Because we're already we're already dead dead set in our in our ways. But young employees who work remotely are not practicing their soft skills. A lack of social interaction could negatively impact their professional lives, uh, according to many HR professionals, because you don't get to talk to anybody. They've never really experienced a real office environment, which is so much different. If you've never worked in an office and you're, you've just been doing things on Zoom or you've been doing scheduled calls and you've never had th something just pop up and a coworker or your boss just come to your desk or your cube or your office and say, hey, we got to get on this right now. You're not really used to that. You're used to sitting in your home office, your living room, on the couch, wherever it is that you do your work from home. Maybe you're in your pajamas and you kind of do things at your own pace. You know what you have to do, so you get it done. And your boss is happy because you're being productive, but you don't have those you don't have the skills of dealing with office politics. Um, you're, the danger for young workers, they're saying, is they won't be as effective in their roles or be able to move forward in their careers. So they say, according to these HR experts, that the disconnection from work or a lack of pathway to leadership roles could lead to problems down the road. One of them said, quote, to advance within a company, employees need to FaceTime, uh, need FaceTime with the people who make those decisions. If they can't get that FaceTime, it can trigger some people to just leave their companies. So there's going to be people leaving, more people leaving, and then, you know, it's sad. It's, it's like having to make phone calls. Now, for a long time, olds, Justin, that's what you would consider me, right? An old? Is that what, uh, what you young people call us when <laughs> we're over old, a certain age? A great. A, a great? No. <laughs> I'm greatly old? Is that what you're saying? I'm an ancient now? That Wow. That hurts even more. I was fine being an old. Now that I'm a, you know, a prehistoric, I'm, feeling, you know, I'm getting some aches and pains that I didn't have when the show started. But, um, you know, I we used to say that young people were afraid to talk on the phone. I don't think that's true. I think old people don't mind getting on the phone and jabbering. People don't have time for that anymore. So it's not that when, when we criticize well, the young people, they, they don't know how to answer the phone. They're afraid to do things face-to-face, -face, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm starting to uh, 
age backwards. Maybe I'm Benjamin Button in this whole thing, but I'm starting to get that because I want I want my information in quick bites. If if you have something, you know, some some things you do need. I find I do need to be on the phone and actually talk out. But most things you can you can handle by text if you know the person well enough. The problem with text in business or with people you're don't really know very well is the tone can be misinterpreted. I still don't know all the rules. I've been yelled at by my daughter uh, for using punctuation. Is that now she's only a couple years older than you, Justin? Uh, she she yells at me because I use punctuation in my texts. Is that a bad thing? <laughs> like for like perfect grammar, just all yeah, around. Yeah, because. Yes, I use perfect grammar. That's I write funny. in full sentences. I use nouns, verbs, adjectives. I put some, you know, if I'm asking a question, I'll throw a question mark in there. Hey, there's, um, not, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> all right. I, people, you know, it seems to be, it see, what I'm hearing and reading is it's a thing that, you know, you're, you're signaling some sort of attitude if you use punctuation. She's, she's obviously, well, she hasn't yelled at me in person. She's yelled at me via text. You don't need to keep putting periods in there. <laughs> Why? It's the end of a sentence. I don't know. Call me call me crazy. Call me a communicator. Call me somebody who really did well in English and can't do math at all. But I know how to write a sentence. And I thought that's what we were doing. I'm not sure why the period or question mark or a comma or capital letters would slow you down. If the purpose of the text is to get the information quickly, I would think... The better it's written, the easier it is. Cause it, all right, for example, we get texts here on our old National Bank Talk and Text line. A lot of them are written perfectly. I can read them quickly, and I get the gist. But how many times have we tried to read a text, Justin, and it's like, I don't know what this person is trying to say because there's no punctuation. There's no capital letters. It's just one rambling word salad. So I don't know. But the point of this whole thing was that I'm getting why young people uh, don't want to be on the phone and stuff, but I do agree that the soft skills are important. So how are employers resolving this? Well, I'll tell you about that, and then we'll move on to a bunch of other stuff. But if you've been working remotely, are you finding, even if you've been in your career for a long time, are you finding that you're losing some of those soft skills because you haven't had to deal with being in the office and for young people you know if you have a if you have a young person in your life who's just starting out do you worry that if they're working remotely they're they're missing out on something 855-616-1620 the old national bank talk and text line it's WTMJ nights Brian Noonan WTMJ nights talking about experts who are saying that young workers are having a hard time developing their soft skills uh, because they've been working remotely. And then we got into texting and punctuation and from the 262, um, long text, two periods for a reason. It says, you're talking about text messages with proper punctuation, period. I wish one of my vendors would use punctuation because when he sends me something, it's one long sentence that I have to put punctuation for the understand what you're saying to me drives me crazy. 
period. Yes, thank you, 262, for proving my point. Uh, the 920 sending a series of uh, question marks, exclamation points. And then I don't know how they did this. Justin, you're a technical wizard. They sent upside-down question marks and exclamation points. Fancy. Yeah, I don't know how to do you know how to do that? I'm looking at it now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look at that text. I don't know. And tell me, I have no idea how I would do that. Maybe you can Not hold that I'd on. Want to. Yeah, maybe you can hold on the question mark and it flips. <laughs> yeah, it does. There we yeah, I figured it out. Wow. What did you do? So uh, hold on your question mark if you're going to text someone. Yeah. If you just hold it down, you'll see there's an option. Really? Yeah, I'll send I wonder it. what that means. I'll send it to you right now. Is there some deep meaning in that to have a uh, an upside down question mark? I don't know, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm, listen, my luck. I'll send it, and there's going to be some sort of yeah, you know, it's going to mean meeting. something, and then I'm going to get canceled and doxed, and there's going to. This is the problem. I'm I'm okay with technology. I I know how to use most things. I try to stay up on the latest etiquette, but I'm also. Uh, a person of a certain age. And so some things may slip by me. And the upside down question mark, this is the first time I've ever seen it. And now, yes, you did send me. Yeah, you sent me one, too. It's creepy. I don't know what it is. It almost oh, looks it's, like it's just used for like Latin America, like Spanish writing and stuff. Oh, yeah, we, we, we knew that we, we, we could have figured that out. Yeah, I didn't take Spanish. I took four years of Latin and one year of Greek in high school. Yeah, I took, That's not really I took helping th- me. three so, so. years of Spanish and didn't take the fourth year. I was. Done. Oh, see, you took three years of Spanish and you didn't quite get it. <laughs> Why didn't you take the fourth year of Spanish? Oh, we didn't need to. We didn't need to. And then I took uh, my my major in college. Didn't like I didn't need to take a language. So I literally only took three years of Spanish. <laughs> yeah. We had yeah. to take four years of language, uh-huh. and uh, instead of letting me take Spanish or French, which probably would have... Yeah, those were the two options. It was Spanish yes. and French, and Hebrew. I think Hebrew was a third option. But... Oh, ours, our other option was Latin, and okay. because it was a Jesuit high school, that was, that was the one they pushed. And then if you were in Latin, you could take a year of Greek, and uh, yes, the 414 texting that it's Spanish... Yes, thank you. We just figured that out. And the 920 texting back, I use them when I'm drinking beer. Oh, so the 920 texter is hammered. That makes <laughs> sense. All right. Now now that, okay, maybe that's, I'll start using it that way too. That will be fun. Uh, <laughs> just do it all the time. I'll see, you know, I'll send it to my wife and, and confound her with my upside down question marks. <laughs> but back to the language. So my parents were like, well, you're going to take Latin. And I'm like, even then, I was like, I'm not going to be a doctor. I'm not going to be a priest, and I'm probably not going to be a lawyer. I don't know what Latin's going to do for me. And then throw in a year of ancient Greek. Um, I didn't pledge a fraternity, so I didn't have to say the Greek alphabet fast, forward and backwards, which I can still do, forward. Um, yeah. Yeah, I only, I only took three years of Spanish, and that was... That was that was that was it. I mean, I was also at that age though where they th- started to throw in Spanish starting in like what fifth grade or something like that. Because now I, I think that's great. Yeah, because now I think they do it in like starting when you're in like third, fourth grade. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they start it young now. So without well, like you could, fifth, fifth and all of middle school, like I I took Spanish too. So really, see, yeah. I I think that's great because you were able to learn the languages easier when you're young. Yeah. Now somebody. Yeah. All right. I want you to look at the texts, uh, 
Justin. There's a somebody texted an emoji that looks angry from the 414. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> I'm not sure why I would get an angry person emoji. Uh, I don't know. Maybe because I, I, I said I already, we knew it was Spanish? Yeah, maybe. I don't even I don't know, know if that's like angry. That might just be like a sarcastic. It says, it says dude in a period. So, it's But funny. it's a lady's face giving me a look that I'm used to seeing when somebody's angry with me or frustrated <laughs> with me or fed up with me. That Trust me, I see that look a lot. So I'm, I'm very attuned to what that text, uh, that text face looks like. But yeah, I, I, like when, I like when kids are exposed to taking other languages at a young age. I think it's great, especially in this in this day and age with the global economy and just people coming people from all over and if you travel and if you if you work in a company that has any sort of international presence it's nice to know uh nice to know another language my niece and I I'll be honest when my brother and sister-in-law started this I I laughed and I was like man they're kind of crazy from the time my niece was in grade school, she was taking Mandarin, and now she so she's been taking. Now she's in college. She's been taking Mandarin a long time, and I'm like, oh, look at that. She's all set. And like my daughter is fluent in Spanish because she took Spanish in middle school. Then all four years, uh, she was in honors Spanish in high school, and then she took a little Spanish in college. And then here's the irony: we paid for all those Spanish classes, and we were visiting her when she was studying abroad in Spain, and she refused to speak Spanish. She left us hanging. And I was like, you, you're fluent in Spanish. Why won't you speak Spanish to Spaniards? And she was like, well, I think it's disrespectful to try to talk to them in their, in their native tongue. And I was like, that's exactly the wrong attitude to have. If you're, if you're fluent in someone's language and you speak it to them, I would think that it shows them that you respect them enough to learn their language, unlike a lot of Americans who go over and expect everybody to speak English when you're not in an English-speaking country. You know, I, I always try to know enough where I can at least get to the bathroom, no matter where, no matter where I'm traveling. If I'm somewhere that's not an English-speaking country, I need to know where to go to the bathroom and maybe how to get to the hotel and where I can exchange my money. Those are the, the important stuff. And then I can, you know, hopefully figure out enough stuff to order food or things like that. Jeff says, I wish I had taken Spanish seriously and had been a better student. My sister is fluent in Spanish, and it's very much helped her career as a nurse practitioner. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fields now, especially now. Spanish is, you know, second nature to a lot of people in this country, and you know, there's more and more Spanish-speaking people here. And if you want to move ahead and if you're in any sort of forward uh, public-facing business, it's good to know those kind of uh, languages. I know one language, and it's called capitalism, which means we got to take a quick break and do a little business. We'll be back after this WTMJ. Now, more of WTMJ Nights. <laughs> Butter pecan coffee at Dunkin'. That was Dunkin pretty donuts, good. You mean? Uh, yes. And I was shocked by the bill. Shout out Culver's. Yeah, Shout I've heard very good things about their fish fried. I'm gonna go to Panera. I'm gonna get a bagel sandwich. Doritos and Papa John's are teaming up. Anything that says ranch. That's why I barely watch a western about cattle drives. Uh, because of you guys, I had to analyze the hamburger. <laughs> we eat fast food quite a lot. We talk about it even more. 
Let's visit the WTMJ Night drive through window one more time with Brian Noonan. Oh, yes, it's time for the drive through window here on WTMJ Nights. Tonight, a little drive through and want to drive by as uh, we've got some of these stories. I am, um, well, this one I'm a little bit sad about because it's one of the, it's one of the treats that I enjoy. Uh, I don't know if you're a good humor ice cream aficionado, but growing up, there was nothing better, and I don't get them enough. But growing up to me, there was nothing better than Good Humor made the strawberry shortcake ice cream bar and the chocolate eclair ice cream bar. Now, normally, when it comes to strawberry ice cream, don't care for it. But I don't know what, what's actually in the middle of the strawberry shortcake bar, but it's good. And it's got the, you know, the crumble on the outside and the chocolate eclair is nice. And then the lesser known but still quite delicious toasted almond bar. It made up the trifecta of really good good humor trucks or good humor bars. Have you ever had a good humor ice cream bar, Justin? I have not. I know you don't like sweets, but the nice thing is these bars are not overly sweet, so you might actually enjoy them. But they're they're really good, and I'm old enough also to um, I'm old enough to also remember the actual good humor ice cream trucks when good humor would come around, and their their drivers were always dressed in white. And they had the regu- the real bell, ding, ding, ding. And then it, the white truck, and it said good humor. And good humor ice cream bars were always a little more, to a kid, a little more, they were a little classier. You know, you didn't see it all the time. And they didn't have, they didn't have some of the craziness that um, other ice cream trucks had. Not a lot of cartoon character things or drinks or anything. It was straight up ice cream. Uh, but the bad news is, Good Humor confirmed this week that the toasted almond bar that has been around since the 60s is no more. All gone. Uh, the ice cream maker said in a statement that eliminating the almond-coated vanilla ice cream bar was a necessary but unfortunate decision as it updates its product portfolio to reflect consumer preferences. In plain English, that means quit crying. Y'all didn't buy it, so we're not going to make it anymore. And the few of you that are complaining, tough luck. Get a strawberry shortcake or a chocolate eclair or one of our other things. Uh, Good Humor actually got rid of the product in 2022, but customers are just starting to notice now that summer starts. Oops. Well, that that should be a little, uh, you know, that should back up their claim that uh, people weren't really uh, buying this too much, so we're... We're going to let go. But on Twitter, oh, boy, they've spent the whole day, good humor, having to respond to people on Twitter. Twitter, the cesspool of the Internet. Uh, One person tweeted, just found out the good humor toasted almond bars have been discontinued, and it has ruined my year. Well, good for you, because your life must be pretty good if that's the news that is going to ruin your year. I bet there's a lot of us who who would love to have that be our biggest concern. But yes, if you're if you're looking for the toasted almond, you're never going to find it. It is gone. Um, it's about a year since the Choco Taco was discontinued, which, again, made people very, very sad last year when uh, their summer was ruined because the Choco Taco was gone. I haven't... 
I still get a, a weird thrill when I hear, and the, I, I know this is an outdated term, when I hear the ice cream man coming down the street. Because every once in a while, I'll get an ice cream truck that comes past. Or I'll be somewhere like near a park or something where an ice cream truck is parked. And I look at the offerings, and it's, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff I've never heard of, a lot of things I've never seen, a lot of character kind of bars, like SpongeBob ice cream bars and things like that. And uh, I'm looking for the old school, you know, I want a bomb pop, but not the little skinny bomb pops. Remember when the bomb pop used to be almost the size of a bomb? It was huge. That was what a bomb pop was when the ice cream man would come. Did you ever get anything from the ice cream man, Justin, or as a child, would did you because I got of the, your your hatred for all uh, things sweet and delicious? I got. Did those, you just ignore them? I got those SpongeBob pops. You know what I'm talking about? I've seen them. Are they ice cream or are they like a popsicle? It's like a popsicle, but they would always be in those like little ice cream trucks and stuff. Yeah, the ice cream trucks carry all kind of craziness now. It's. Uh, I'm trying to remember even when my. If my daughter, when she was a kid, if we got anything for, I think we must have gotten a couple things from the ice cream truck because, you know, she would ask, oh, is that the ice cream truck? I go, yeah. So, you know, there was, you know, you'd hear them coming, especially you got the windows open, you hear the ice cream truck coming and man, oh man, you gotta, you gotta get out there. But I wouldn't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd trust an ice cream truck now. I mean, I guess I should. What's to distrust about an ice cream truck? You know, get some weirdo in there. But back to the good humor. The good humor was always, man, good when the good humor truck came. That's why you kind of knew you were in a, um, I don't know, or to say a certain. I was going to say a classier area, but we all, we didn't get the good humor truck very much, so I don't think we did a classy area. But every once in a while, the good humor truck must have got lost and would drive down the street. A lot of times, you'd get the ones that were unmarked, or there used to be you know companies that would have the ice cream trucks going around, and you'd see those, and then those all kind of went out of business, and then it was the un unmarked, you know, the sketchy ice cream trucks that would come around you go are you really an ice cream truck or are you just selling crack out of the uh out of there what do you what do you got in there and you know but i haven't seen an ice cream truck yet this summer i may i may have to treat myself and see but i but then i i do nothing but i'd also just complain because i'm sure now an ice cream bar from an ice cream truck is probably like four bucks and i'd be like no chris and wawatosa said we also got bomb pops in college from the ice cream truck uh, in Madison, that was in 2008, and they're still growing strong. All right. You can't buy it, but when you buy a – have you ever had a Bomb Pop, Justin? I have not, no. Oh, my – really? And you live in America? <laughs> You've never had a Bomb – do you know what they are? Not really. I'm not, like, the biggest dessert person, so – I know. We've established that. But as a kid, every kid likes Popsicles. Yeah. And red, I, white, and I, – I like those Icy's. Those are about it. It's about the same thing. All right, there. Well, boy, we're I gotta. I don't know. I gotta get you out. I gotta get you out. Maybe when you move into your new place, I'll buy you a bomb pop. 
They're red, white, and blue popsicles shaped, and they had a little, you know, they were narrower at the top, so they looked like bombs. Okay, and no, used- no, yep, yep, I'm looking these up. Yeah, I know what these are. All right. You yeah, would get, hoping- yeah, it would always put red and uh, blue all over your yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah, your uh-huh. mouth would turn, your mouth would turn blue. Oh, yeah, no, these, lip- these were good, especially 4th of July. Uh-huh. That's it. It's uh-huh. summer. You got to have bomb pops in the summer. Uh, you know what I had a couple of weeks ago on one of the last days of school? You know those uh, freeze pops? That come in the, they're like in the p- tube, and you just push them up. That's what I was talking about. Those ices. Yes, those yes. icy sticks. Yes. yes. Now I haven't had one of those. Oh, they're so good. I I can't tell you how long ago it was. <laughs> and I had one, and I was like, Oh my god, these are as good as I remember. Oh, so I was like, good. And you, you can we, get like you can get like fifty of them for like five yes. bucks. Yes. Like oh, exactly. So good. Well, that's what we did for school. We got a whole bunch, and all the first graders came out, and we all had these popsicles and i'm like oh my god these and all the teachers we were all the same we're like we haven't had one of these in years oh my god these are so good (laughs) i gotta start getting i gotta start getting some more of these boy you know i don't need 50 of them in the house because after probably two you realize yeah they're not just they're not really good but i don't know i i still i'm still a sucker for the blue i don't know what that flavor is yeah the the blue. blue the blue and the green ones are my favorite those are the best. Those are the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, red. Eh, everybody. Eh, red. Orange. A ca- if you got a good orange, it was really good. But most of the orange is kind of weak. But you can't go wrong with the blue and the green. Especially when it's got that uh, antifreeze green color. When it's that deep green. Like, you're not sure, is this actual antifreeze or am I cool to eat it? Um from the 262, bomb pops are literally the bomb. However, they've gotten extremely small over the years. Yeah, I know. That's a problem. Uh, if dark chocolate Klondike bars are ever discontinued, there is a fairly good chance that I will be incarcerated for breaking into the factory and doing a footloose rage dance. Wow. Jeff, uh, Jeff very, very, very good uh Strong feelings about his Klondike bar. All right, we've got one more drive through window story. We'll do that after this. It's WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Knights, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line, old National Bank. Get all the 414 texting in. I'd like an ice cream truck, except with Bloody Marys. I wouldn't mind a frozen daiquiri truck driving around town. That'd be nice. I don't know what the liability would be. But we are in the middle of drive-thru window. This is exciting news if you like to be out and about and still want a pizza delivered right to where you are. Now, I know there's... A lot of people who have bad things to say about Domino's, I am not one of them. While it is not my go-to first-choice pizza, sometimes there's nothing better than a Domino's. It's it's consistently the same. They've upgraded their sauce and stuff. I'm not on their payroll. I'm just telling you the truth. Well, now they are launching anywhere delivery if you use their app. What does that mean? It means like if you're at the park and you're hanging around or you're at the beach or you're, I don't know, wherever you are, you can use the app, and you drop a pin in the app, and they will bring the pizza to wherever, which is great, because I normally like to eat pizza when I'm hiding, so as not to be shamed in public. So I like to, uh, you know, I may be in an undisclosed location where only the Domino's driver would be able to find me. 
So they say it's ideal for the start of summer when people are at beaches and parks, and sometimes the exact location could be difficult to find. So you drop a pin on a map, then you can track your order and view their driver's location with GPS, get text alerts about your delivery, and then this is where it's this is very Black Mirror. Um, once the delivery person arrives, the service activates a visual signal on the phone that helps them locate the customer. I don't know. It's I worry a little bit about the fact that it's you know everybody knows where everybody is, but hey, that's the way of the world nowadays. And if it gets me a pizza, I'm down. Uh, so Domino's has been trying to improve their delivery experience um, because services have service has cooled down a little since the pandemic's over. Last year they were like, oh, we don't have enough drivers, so they do now offer. Uh, some incentives if you go and pick it up, which is always great. So there you go. Now you can be wherever you want. Maybe you want to be, uh, you're going to be sitting in traffic outside Summerfest and you're going to want a pizza delivered right to you somewhere in traffic. Maybe you're sitting on uh, 94 now out near the zoo interchange. You're thinking, will they deliver to me now? I, I don't know if they, they probably couldn't get to you. But once they start delivering with drones, man, that's when, that's when it really comes. All right, this is exciting. Well, two things. Let me tell you this first. Uh, I want you to join WTMJ Sandy Max and the American Red Cross for our WTMJ Cares event, the Milwaukee County Zoo Blood Drive. That's right. Donate blood during this three-day drive starting next Monday, June 26th through Wednesday the 28th to help boost the supply of necessary blood during this shortage. Plus, if you register for the event, you'll receive free zoo admission and tickets to Summerfest. The Summerfest tickets are available while supplies last. For more information and to sign up, text BLOOD to 855-616-1620. It's WTMJ Cares with our very own Sandy Max with the help of Gruber Law Offices. So there you go. Speaking of Summerfest, it starts tomorrow. Are you planning on going to Summerfest at all, Justin? Uh, no, but I've gone before and it's real fun. It is a lot of fun. I am, uh... I was looking, first of all, I'm still waiting to hear what's going on with Jimmy Buffett because he's still on the Summerfest website, but there's no details. Now, I know everything was put off because he was in the hospital or sick, so I'm waiting to see about Jimmy Buffett. Then I was planning on going to see Cheap Trick. Well, something happened to Cheap Trick, and now they're not going. And I know. I know going to Summerfest on any day is going to be fantastic. And if you're if you're wondering what bands and all kinds of things and you want a lot of information about Summerfest, after the 8 o'clock news, it's Summerfest Soundcheck with Sandy Max. So you can listen there. But 855-616-1620. We all know the big headliners that are coming to the amphitheater. And a lot of us know some of the headliners that are coming to the pavilion, but then you get into some of the other stages. Is there an act that you are really looking forward to seeing at Summerfest? 855-616-1620. Either call or text. Let us know who we should be going to see, because I've narrowed it down now. I've decided uh, I'm going on the 7th, because there's a Brewers game, so I know we're not going to have a show on July 7th. And I was looking through, and one of the bands that I... I really want to see is Here Come the Mummies. I don't know if you've ever heard of them or ever seen them, but uh, it's kind of what it sounds like. They're a band, and 
they're all dressed like mummies. And they rock. It is it is a great show. So I'm like, oh, look at this. Here come the mummies are on July 7th, and that's at 4.30. All right, that's good. And then, oh, look at there, Sticks. Sticks is playing that night in the uh, pavilion. So I'm an old. I like a band that I, I I like a band that I've heard since I was a kid. So yeah, sticks will be fun. So I can't wait. I've I haven't been well since it went to the new format after the pandemic. I I haven't gone the last couple of years. But um, yeah, Summerfest Summerfest is fantastic. So I'm. Uh, I don't know, Earth, Wind, and Fire at the BMO Harris on June 30th. That from the 414. Oh, that would be good, too. See, now I'm looking because you can get, you can buy just one ticket, or you can buy like a three-day ticket, or you can buy a Super Pass. Now, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to need the Super Pass because, you know, I'm not going to go, I can't go every day. So I'm not, ah, boy. No, three day. That that sounds good. Earth, wind, and fire on the thirtieth. You familiar with Earth, wind, and fire, Justin? Nah. Why do I? I you may, it's just, <laughs> I just I you asked that knowing the answer. To me. No, I don't. I do not. No. Listen. I trust me. I I ask you some questions that I know the answer. I just like to uh, I just like to <laughs> torture myself and go. Oh man, I am really old. Um. So yeah, but you got to check. Listen. This is my this is my pick to click for out of all the fantastic bands at Summerfest. You got to go see Here Come the Mummies. You'll see me there. I will not be dressed in bandages. Cool, cool. But they're an eight-piece funk rock band. And they're you know, they're 5,000-year-old Egyptian mummies. So, their terrifying funk from beyond the grave is sure to get you up and dancing. So I can't. I cannot wait. So that's the day I'm going for sure. That's one day I'm going for sure. Um, and I don't know. Maybe you're one of these folks that knows no matter what day you go, you're going to find some kind of music you like. Because that's the beauty of Summerfest is that you can just wander around, and no matter what stage you hit, you're going to hear something throughout the day that you like. Uh, Michael texts in: If you don't have fun at a mummy show, you can't have fun anywhere. That is true. So, Michael, I'm guessing I'll see you there. All right, let's do this, then we'll come back and start wrapping things up. It's WTMJ Nights. The night is still young. More of WTMJ Nights coming up next. All right, thanks for listening and being part of the program. I will talk to you tomorrow night at 6 o'clock on the other side of the news. It's Summerfest Soundcheck with Sandy Max. Have a great night. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye.